Brick and Mortar Reporter, episode 64, where Christy talks about some ethical dilemmas. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter. My name is Christy, and as always, I'm your host for today. And today, we are going to be talking about, I'm going to give you some updates on what's been going on in the last few days with my business, Cryopop, and then I'm also going to talk to you about a little bit of a moral and or ethical dilemma I've been facing and in regards to my business. So it's, it falls right in the business ethics um, theme. And I just kind of want to share what I'm, uh, what's going on, what I'm doing, and kind of maybe get your feedback and let you know uh, what's going on. But before we get started with the business ethics, oh, it almost sounds like an oxymoron just saying it. But before we get into that, <clears throat> I want, excuse me, I wanted to give you some updates on what's been going on. I had told you yesterday in the podcast that I was going to be going before the jury and I was going to go ahead and get the ice cream uh, juried. And the interesting thing is, is that in the past week or so, I had completely forgotten that the time change was this week. And I didn't forget it and like oversleep and, you know, uh, well, I guess you wouldn't oversleep. You'd have gotten up earlier on Sunday morning for church or whatever. But the, um, the thing is, I had tried some hot food, like some um, shish kebabs that I was doing during the middle of summer when I first started. It was like, you know, toward the beginning of September. It was still hot, and um, there was, again, the height of the the height of the low season. How about that <laughs> for a paradox? The uh, beginning of the non-tourist season, supposedly, here in Key West, where there was very few tourists. And so those, they did not sell like I wanted them to or like I thought they would. But I was reminded by um, a buddy of mine down that, that is a vendor down at Mallory Square that with the time change, the, before the time change happened, um, for those of you that don't do daylight savings time, we were having sunset about uh, right before time change. It was about 645. And so that means we would get there about 5, we would get set up, and then uh, we would be there till about almost 8 o'clock, and then we would break down and, and leave. And so um, it, it put us right in the middle of the dinner hour. And a lot of people in Key West would either eat before, you know, eat like almost like a late lunch, you know, like the 3 or 4 o'clock time frame. And then they just come down and mill around and wait for sunset. So they would have already eaten. And then the other people would be eating a late dinner. Um, they'd have 8 o'clock reservations or they'd be going later on. And so they would not be wanting to eat a lot before they actually got their dinner. But with the time change, I now leave my house about 2 o'clock in order to go down and start getting set up by around 3 o'clock. And so that kind of gives me time to deal with traffic or stop and do any errands that I need to do. And it changes because by 5.30, sunset's happening now. And then by about 6.30, we're all out of there. So in most people's you know, meal schedule, we're kind of ahead of the the supper curve, you know what I mean? It's not right in the, so it changes how people respond at Mallory Square to food. And so, um, you know, I always heard, it's kind of one of those things that people start telling you, oh, hot food sells well in the winter. 
and doesn't really make a lot of sense to me for Key West. Now, I'll tell you why. Because, uh, let's just face it, this past week, we had a cold snap this past weekend, and it got down to 60 degrees, and you would have thought that we had a blizzard because people were bringing out their jeans, their sweaters, their sweatshirts, their gloves, scarves, Uggs, all of those traditionally winter things. And it's because it got to 60 degrees. Doesn't do that very often here. But what I, what my feeling is, is that during winter in Key West, it is still, you know, very temperate in, you know, highs in the mid-70s, low humidity. It's just nice. It's like the perfect winter weather. And the people that are coming to visit Key West are most of the time coming from very, very icy cold and, you know, very, very cold places during the winter. They're wanting to get away, wanting to get to a more tropical um, type climate. So it never made much sense to me why people say hot food sells better during the winter. Almost as if people are eating hot food to keep warm, but warmth isn't really an issue when it's 75 degrees. Now, if you ask Key Westers, it might be, but for tourists, it's not. And so, it's, it was one of those things I never really understood, but ne then whenever I, I never really believed. And whenever I coupled that with the fact that the time changes and it's a little bit earlier, it kind of made more sense. Um, because if people are being presented with food and it's still going to be two or three hours before they eat, most of the time they give themselves permission to go ahead and, and indulge. So that's kind of one of the, the things that has changed or has sort of shifted my paradigm in the last couple of uh, days after talking to a few people. And so what I did instead of um, going to jury yesterday morning to do the ice cream, I ended up, I needed to, since I had my cart rebuilt, I didn't, hadn't automatically put a place on it for my grill to bring my grill back and do my kebabs. But I felt like with the time change, plus we have a World Superboat races going on this week, so there's a great many tourists in town, and I felt like it was the time to bring back the kebabs, and so I went ahead and did that. So yesterday, I needed to build like a separate stand for my uh, tabletop grill, propane grill that I use, and so I did that knowing I had a short window of time from the, you know, essentially the time I got up at, you know, 6.15 in the morning until I left the house at 2 o'clock to get that made, at least to the point I could use it you know, for one night. And so, um, so I did that knowing that two weeks from yesterday, which I believe was maybe the 16th, no, two weeks, 14 days from the third is the 17th. And so I will be going back that day and I will be getting the ice cream uh, done for the jury, as well as some people have suggested, uh, to add a hot drink. Um, a lot of the drinks down there are already spoken for, and the, I'm thinking about adding like a uh, apple cider, hot apple cider, spice cider, and that kind of thing at the suggestion of someone else down there. So it's just a way um, to try to offer things that are going to appeal to more people. And clearly drinks have a, you know, in any restaurant situation, drinks will be ones that have the higher profit margins. Um, I can always remember, you know, growing up, my um, I have had a lovely family, and I still have a lovely family, but one of the things that m my parents were very, um, they were just very conscious of throwing money away and very thrifty, and um, I can remember at times we would, we would go out to eat, and there were five of us in our family, and the deal was we go out to eat, but 
everybody gets water to drink. My dad was in no way, shape, or form going to pay, I believe back then it was like a dollar, um, to get a drink. Um, and he was not going to do that. And now you come down to restaurants and it's two fifty for a glass of tea or a cup of coffee, you know. So it, but by doing that, he could save five dollars every single time we went out to eat, which was significant back then. You know, family of uh, five could probably eat for twenty or twenty-five dollars back in the day. <laughs> so why add, you know, five more dollars to it by paying for drinks whenever he knew in his mind that it cost two or three cents for that drink that we were paying a dollar for. So I hate to say it, but to this day, every time I go out to eat, I'm ordering water. Uh, I just, it's not worth it for me to pay, <laughs> to pay to get a drink. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes whenever I'm out and I have to stop and get a drink, I will. But if I'm going out to eat at a restaurant, the food is the focus, not the drink. So, um, so that's just one of those things that carry over from my childhood. So, anyway, it's not baggage, it's a good, le <laughs> it's a good lesson. So, um, anyway, so that kind of gets you up to date on where I am. So, last night I did, um, take my kebabs down and... And at this point, I'm using temporary signage. Um, one of the things I did to go ahead and change with my kebabs, the ones I was originally doing, um, I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't really love them. I never really felt like I got the flavor profile down um, for the kebab. And what I was doing is meat, so it would either be chicken or beef, and then I had uh, vegetables. It would be... Uh, the tricolored peppers and then the red onions. It was beautiful. They were, they were beautiful, you know, kebabs. But I never really felt like the meat got as flavorful and as, as delicious as I, I wanted it to be in my mind. And then coupled that with the fact that um, you add, the, you know, you have to have something you can marinate in that would also take to the vegetables well. And I just never got to a point that I was really like, I would love to eat these. Although I did eat a lot of them because if anything was left over, I would instead of throwing it away, of course, we would have, that would be our dinner. And so um, it's just one of those things that I, you know, I, I felt like I needed to continue to work on that. And so, but at the same time, I was switching, changing, adding some products and just trying different things. So I never really went back to that. So I brought back out the kebabs um, for last night was the first night. I had the kebabs back. And so what I did, I just decided I am going to get a really beautiful cut of beef. And so I bought a beef tenderloin, a big, big honkin' beef tenderloin that I had to, you know, cut up and trim and all that. And uh, I wanted a marinade that I could uh, use for both beef and chicken so that it would be delicious on both. Now, I have a restaurant, I have there, I don't have a restaurant, there is a restaurant up by, uh, right by where I live, and it's actually the restaurant that my realtor and that I bought my house from and her mother own, and it, uh, they focus on Cuban food. And one of the things I love is going in on Saturdays, they have this slow-roasted Cuban pork, and it's marinated in garlic and lime and onions, and it's just, it's just delicious. And so I wanted something where the, the meat was just so obviously delicious that it would be irresistible. It would smell good. It would taste good. And, you know, people are going to say, I want people to say, wow, I want to give them a good product. And I want to give them something that they're going to be like recommending and remembering and say, this was the best thing ever. And I don't necessarily think you have to have a, you know, culinary degree to do this or anything, but I definitely think it takes trying a lot of different options and seeing what what hits your 
flavor profiles the best. So I decided I was going to, I found a delicious garlic lime marinade, um, and it's got, you know, fresh garlic, it's got fresh lime juice, and it's got some uh, lime zest, it's got a little bit of brown sugar, it's got some salt and some, you know, a few other little things, red pepper flakes and a few other little things in it, olive oil. And so I made that marinade and it completely smelled my house, made my house smell really good. It, and we want, it wasn't time to eat, it was like 9 o'clock at night when I was making it and uh, we were all found ourselves very hungry after that. So uh, it, it was very fragrant and I marinated the beef overnight and the chicken overnight and so it was um, much, much better. But the other thing I changed about my kebabs, instead of having vegetables, I just made them all meat kebabs. And so I raised the price um, from $3 each to $5 each. And for those of you that can't believe that you could get $5 for that, um, I've been encouraged by other people to charge more for it. So um, things are a little more expensive in Key West. And so, um, you know, so I'm toying with that. But anyway, so I, I made all beef for all chicken, and I they've been marinating overnight, and they are delicious. Um, so I, that's that's one of the changes I made. So I added the grill back. I needed to get that taken care of yesterday, and so I did that and took them out last night and uh, sold some, and it will take a few more days of bringing them out and selling them. I'm using temporary signage right now because I didn't have my kebabs on my original signs, and so I'm using temporary signs right now for that. But um, people can smell it, and that's always a good thing. People smell the delicious smell of it cooking, and if people buy them and I keep cooking them all night long, then it draws more people in, and it's really a good product, and I have a hard time not eating it myself whenever I'm there. And so... Anyway, so it's a good thing. But so I added that on. And, and the one thing about that is the interesting uh, aspect of adding different revenue streams for your business. And so that's exactly what I'm doing. And so I'm going to eventually, and even if I don't put out the ice cream right immediately, um, I'll at least have that juried in two weeks from now and get that so that I can go ahead and do that so somebody else won't come in and grab it. I am planning on serving it and something I want to do, it just might not be the right timing for the winter. I can always test it and see in very limited runs and see what happens with it and just make that determination. Um, I've also been keeping up with my stats and keeping up with uh, how many samples I'm giving away of the cryopop and how many conversions from the samples and how many sales and you know I think it's been uh, I've got probably four or five days worth of data just um, since I actually last recorded a podcast so I definitely am finding these stats helpful to give me some baselines and to also give me some uh, you know it's one of those things that I'm going to look back a year from now be able to look at these stats and be like, wow, this is where we started from. And so it's, I think from that perspective, it's also good because sometimes you can forget that. But I'm finding out that I'm giving out less samples, which is a good thing, right? Because my cost is down whenever I give out less samples. Um, and at the same time, because of the um, curiosity factor, I'm actually selling more without samples. And there are people that are coming up and talking to me and asking me about it. I'm able to explain it to them without giving them a sample. And once I explain it, they're like, well, I'll try something. I've got to try this, you know. And so they go ahead and, and make the purchase, which is the whole idea. Um, I'm not just there to give out samples and do, uh, you know, sampling, tasting, and that kind of thing. So anyway, here is, I wanted to transition now to the business dilemma. And... 
I um, to give you a little bit of background, and uh, there are there are many people that have the ability to work and vend food down at Mallory Square, and some of them, some of the people down at Mallory Square are very seasoned. Uh, they might only come in the winter, which is our high tourist time. Uh, it it also some of them um, only come in the summer because maybe their products are completely frozen, like smoothies or um, those type of drinks that maybe don't sell as well during the winter. And so it's kind of one of those interesting things that that like I have been down at Mallory Square since the middle of August, and there are vendors that I know go down there that many people are asking about, the pretzel guy, the hot dog guy, popcorn guy, this, you know, just giving you some examples, and, and many times I have not seen them at all since August, and so it's now November, and they haven't been there. So, anyway, I'm coming up on the super boat races, which start tomorrow. So tomorrow I will be uh, down in Mallory Square all day long from like 9 o'clock in the morning till after sunset, uh, trying to make as much uh, sales as possible of my products and other things that I can sell. And the thing is that being down there is not at all regulated by the same rules that follow for the sunset uh, celebration. I have a grill that I'm taking down there now because I'm adding my kebabs back. And so I got to thinking the other day, I'm like, you know, I should probably, for the superboat races, get some hot dogs and put hot dogs on the grill. I don't eat hot dogs very often. They're not a food that I, I mean, it's not that I don't like them. Um, I try to be a little more health conscious than that. But at the same time, when I do like, want a hot dog, the way I want it cooked is I want it grilled. So I thought about, I wanted to get some hot dogs. I'm like, you know, I could do a hot dog, chips, and a drink for like, you know, seven or eight bucks and, you know, make decent money on that. And, and the thing is, there's not anything else for a quick grab down there uh, that will be able to be gotten by people who don't want to miss the race. I got to thinking about that and I wanted to, I, I definitely wanted to do it. But then there was something in the back of my mind that said, but what if the hot dog guy shows up? <laughs> Because there is a hot dog vendor, and he has, apparently they have a place, like a, a brick-and-mortar store on uh, Duval Street, the like Key West Pretzel Company, where they do pretzels and hot dogs or something like that. Um, probably a business owner that I should get on the podcast and interview them about their business. Wouldn't that be a fun thing? I could pick their brain, and they would have no idea why. <laughs> so, no, I would never do anything like that. Um, but anyway, the interesting thing is, last night I showed up at sunset, and the very first people that were unloading their their truck at the same time I was, was the hot dog and pretzel guy. Now, they were very friendly to me, and, you know, the lady introduced herself and said, hi, I don't know if you remember me. Your cart looks great, blah, blah, blah. We had a quick conversation. Granted, they were driving a brand new Hummer <laughs> with Key West Pretzel Company on it, and they had a beautiful, shiny-looking cart there that they were selling their things from last night. Now, granted, they haven't been there since August, so what's bringing them there? The superboat races, right? The tourists and the superboat races. So when I saw that... I, it made me think twice. I thought, well, maybe, and, and then, you know, I didn't know what they were selling last night. Last night, it was just lemonade and stuff. Now, these are the people, it's a husband and wife team, and the wife has, does one type of product, and the husband does another type of product, and they each have different carts or whatever. I don't even know what their whole setup is, but this is the lady who has gone before the jury and the participation committee and has juried 56 different items, not because she intends on selling them, <laughs> but just so that no one else can. 
And so, again, it's, you know, you go and jury the items, but then you only show up down there half of the year, six months out of the year, if that. Meanwhile, you have all these products in your back pocket, not because you intend to sell them, but because you want to just keep other people from being able to do that. Now, morally and ethically, it doesn't really sit well with me. I definitely think that they have not broken any rules. At the same time, I don't really think that was, let's say, the spirit of the law whenever the participation committee um, is jurying in items to be sold down at Mallory Square. I think the intention is that you jury in what you can sell and, and even anything within the realm of possibility that you know you might sell. But I don't believe in the hoarding mentality for business. I don't believe in functioning out of the scarcity thing. And that might sound crazy um, because what they've done sounds very strategic. And I even mentioned I want to go ahead and get my ice cream uh, jury so that I can, uh, so that no one else does. No, it's not so that no one else does. It's so that no one else does before me because I'm planning on selling it. So, so do you see the difference there? The difference is I actually fully intend to serve that product on my food cart. There are products that they have juried that they have no intention and will never jury. But they because they have done it and it's now that product is associated with their cart and they have approval for that. It's sitting there. Anytime they want to deploy that product, they can. However, we haven't really ever seen that. Now, granted, they pulled up in a brand new Hummer, so they must be doing very well. I'm driving a 1999 Ford Explorer with 180,000 miles on it. So maybe their advice is better. I don't know. But I just, uh, that's just not who I am. So here's the other thing now about me selling hot dogs down. If I go, I could go down to Valerie Square tomorrow and I could sell hot dogs. I could put them on the grill. And if given the choice, now granted their signage will be better because they would have permanent signs that would have hot dogs, you know, listed on it. But given the choice, I think most people Granted, maybe I'm just from the South, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But I think most people would rather have a grilled hot dog than a steamed or boiled hot dog. Call me crazy, but that's that's my instinct. That's my guess. If that's not the case, that's not the case. So could I go down there and sell an identical product cooked in a different way? There's no rule saying I couldn't. At the same time, there's this thing called poking the bear. <laughs> and for those of you that might have never heard that term, it's, you know, it's essentially implying that why, you know, you're, you're picking a fight, so to speak. And while I think I would ethically, ethically have a problem with going down there to sell a product that I know someone else is going to be selling, I there's no rule keeping me from doing it that way. There is no um, guideline that says I can't do it because I'm functioning outside the realm of sunset. However, I have also been told, you know, People have their own impressions of their own dealings with the people that are selling these other products. Those people are, number one, they're more well-connected than I am. I Remember, I'm the new girl. I'm the new girl on the block, new kid. So I've got a lot to learn. I'm not as well-connected. I don't know the process. At the same time, I haven't been there for 22 or 26 or 35 or 82 years, however many of these people, years these people have been doing this. So for me to go in and bring hot dogs and grill them and cook them and sell them whenever I would be directly competing with someone else who's established and has that product 
what I have to look at is, do I need the money desperately? Yes, I do. I need the money. I need to make some money. Remember, I'm going on six months with no paycheck. Um, and all I'm doing is expense, expend, expenditures. Can say the word this morning. I'm, all I'm doing is putting out expenditures in order to get my business up and running. So do I need the money desperately? I need the money. But I also believe that all money is not good money. And so um, I was raised in a very, like I said, you know, not, not being critical of my upbringing, but with a, a sense of just the the honesty and integrity of being above board in my dealings. And so it's one of those things that I could, um, you know, I could go down and I could take the hot dogs and I could sell them and maybe I could make good money. But let's just say, I mean, I don't have any idea what kind of money I could make, but let's just say I could make $500 selling hot dogs tomorrow. And for those of you that hear noises in the background, I've got two dogs that have decided to do their morning wrestling and playing and growling, so you might hear that. Um, but just ignore them. They're not being a very good live audience this morning. So anyway, um, but I could, let's just say hypothetically that I could go down to Mallory Square and make $500 tomorrow. And I could put that in my pocket and I could breathe a sigh of relief and know that that money is in my pocket. And then I could go down again Friday and do that all day long and Sunday. And boom, by Monday morning, let's just say I could have $1,500 in my pocket. Now, that would be good for me. However, let's look at the flip side. There are some residual costs that could occur if I did that. There are some possibilities, definitely within the, the realm of reason, that I could so upset those people that are already approved to sell that product that they make a huge stink about it. And when they do that, they will go directly to the board. And then do you know what? A rule could be made that you can only sell items that you are approved for. Rudy, get down. That you are approved. You can only sell items that you are approved for at sunset anytime you're down during the day. I could also end up being targeted um, in a very negative way for what people might be considering playing dirty, you know. But people that play dirty also are very vengeful, in my experience, whenever you play dirty back. The other part of that is, so there's something new going on with the contract that we have down at Sunset. From what I understand, there's going to be a possibility that from going forward for this new contract period, that, the lease period that the, the group has down at Mallory Square, that anytime there's a cruise ship in town during the day, that rather than just being allowed to be down there at sunset, I could also be down there um, during the day to pick up some of the cruise ship traffic down there. Now, with that being said, Again, if I do something out of line, not even out of line, I hate even to say that that way, but if I do something that is borderline strategic and borderline um, all about me, what's in it for me, right, and to make, make my money today, could I be bringing long-term ramifications on myself that would in the long term cost me more than $1,500? Yes, I could. I could be limited from that point on. I mean, it could even be that such a stink is made that we're not allowed to be down there during the superboat races anymore. And year after year after year, that could happen. At the same time, it could cause such a rift and such a uh, brouhaha, I guess is the right word, that then I would lose some goodwill that I've been trying to build. I could also end up being... Um, 
you know, uh, somehow targeted. And, and I don't, you know, that's my whole thing. I don't need any help failing. I don't need people to target me in order to fail. I can do that on my own. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to build. And so when I am trying to build a business, when I am trying to build relationships, when I am trying to go through this, if I do something that's a little bit underhanded like that, I think in the long term, I will cost myself more than I will gain. And while it's within the realm of reason, and, and I guess, you know, there's this fine line between playing by the rules and thinking outside the box. And there's this fine line between doing what I need to do to make my business su to succeed and doing it at any cost to the rest of the organization down at Mallory Square, uh, to the rest of my reputation, and for the long-term gain of my company. And so it's just one of those things that my personal feeling is that I would have every right to go down there and sell the same thing that they're selling. Might even make more money than they make. But the damage and the collateral damage that could affect the entire organization, that could affect, affect the entire um, structure of the sunset celebration and even what is being done to get us down there during the day when there is there are cruise ships in, in port. Um, all of that could be in jeopardy because I make one short-sighted decision. And here's the thing, in business you will have this, you will have this come up all the time. And I can't tell you what is right in every situation. I don't know what is right in every situation. I can tell you I've turned this over in my head a thousand times. Here's what I know from me. And this is just me and my opinion. Oh my goodness, I have got a dog that has a wild hair and is just going crazy playing. It's all good. The growling is all good and good fun. So don't worry, we're all okay over here. Um, but anyway... What I have to do for myself is know that I have to put my head on my pillow at night and I have to be able to go to sleep with a clear conscience. People like me have a hard time sleeping anyway because our mind is always going and uh, so I'm not the best sleeper in the world. But at the same time, I need to be able to live with myself and I need to be able to act with integrity and live my life with integrity in such a way that I am not damaging my reputation. At the same time, I am also, I'm also a Christian. And uh, if that has not come up before in this podcast, I'm not afraid to say that at all. I do some music at our church and am very involved. And that is um, at the heart of who I am and at the heart of even why uh, the doors opened in Key West. It was a God thing. It wasn't just a me thing. And so at the same time, when I put myself out there, I'm also putting the testimony of the, the church that I represent and, and the testimony of Christ out there. And I am potentially damaging that. And I don't want that for myself. So what I have got to do, what I finally decided I've got to do for my own self is I have got to steer clear of this pick a fight, poke the bear situation. At the same time, I'm probably going to make less money because of it. I have got to trust that somehow 
I will get that back in spades because I believe what you put out there is also what you get back. And I want to treat people with integrity. I don't want to treat people with um, malice and I don't want to have ill regard for anyone that would be down there trying to make a living. I'm not trying to take money out of people's pocket and I don't believe that just because you know they, they are doing well and they are clearly well established and well entrenched in the, in the community. Uh, in the business world, then it still is no reason for me to try to say because they can get it and I have every right to take a cut of that and to try to get it for myself too. I don't, I just don't believe that that is the type of foundation I want to build my business on. And so I will take the hit on that and I will probably make less money and I will not, I guarantee you, I will probably not have $1,500 in my pocket by Monday morning. <laughs> I can tell you whether I do or not. But I have to trust that it will be taken care of on the back end. I believe there's uh, divine uh, measures at work and that it will all be taken care of exactly the way it's supposed to be taken care of. It doesn't mean I don't have a responsibility to hold myself to the standards that I expect from myself. Now, could it be that I end up, because I've, I've gotten stuff at the, you know, picked up stuff, you know, the Cokes and chips and candy bars and stuff like that that would be normal vending concession stand type things. I pick those up. Is it possible that some other food vendor will also be down there selling those things? Yes, it is possible. But here's the thing. I don't know that ahead of time. And I don't make my decisions based on the fact that I know I'm going to be directly competing with somebody. I'm just doing what I was told by another person who did it last year that I could do. And based on that, I haven't gone around and looked at what everyone else is selling, and I don't necessarily think it's my obligation to. Um, so I might end up selling something down there that someone else has. Maybe I have a better price. Maybe they have a better price. Maybe someone comes to my cart rather than going to their cart. I don't know. But that's all going to happen by chance. And now that I know this other element of the hot dog guy is going to be down there, for me to purposely go and put that product out there, I just don't like the ramifications that it could bring long term. So that's where I'm standing on that. These kind of business decisions will come up. And you guys, you know, the interesting thing is, is that business today, um, in the internet realm, people tend to give away a lot of goodwill. But in the local brick and mortar, face-to-face -face competition, hand-to-hand -hand combat, whatever you want to call it, that type of goodwill is not as prevalent and people tend to be more guarded and they tend to be more territorial. I understand that mentality. I do. I really do. I understand it's feast or famine. I know people are out there fighting for their livelihood and for their way of life. At the same time, I just feel like if I compete on that mentality and build my business on what I call the scarcity mentality, then I am going to suffer for it in the long term because it's not part of my core beliefs. I believe in abundance and I believe that there is enough business for everyone. And I believe that by me doing well, it does not have to come at the expense of someone else. At the same time, if me doing well means someone else has to step up their game and be more competitive or be more creative or more innovative, then that's okay too because that's what that's what capitalism and that's what competition is all about. But you'll face these decisions in everything that you do where you could take the high road or you could play a little bit underhanded, not even hitting below the belt, but you could 
do that. And then the thing that always comes back to me is I hate it whenever there are people that consistently walk the line and not even walk the line sometimes. Sometimes they're below the line. <laughs> below the belt, below the line, and the only reason they're doing it is because a rule hasn't been made or a regulation has not been put in place. And so then what happens? They're the ones that get all the regulations put in place for the rest of us to have to abide by. And so I, that, that has always gotten on my nerves. So I cannot let myself become one of those people. So anyway, that's my business dilemma. That's my decision. Am I going to regret not having the immediate instant gratification? Absolutely. I am just hoping that everything else I do will be enough and that I can in some way um, make a profit and gain uh, as much as I would had I not made this decision uh, in some form or fashion. So that's that's it. <laughs> I'm going to stick to it and at the same time I will continue to get creative in the things that I know uh, are not going to potentially be a brouhaha or a storm brewing or anything like that because I don't want to be the cause of that. So that's what's going on. I will be down all day on Wednesday at the Superboat races and I'm sure there'll be a significant amount of my time that will be dead and wasted. Uh, and so I just hope that uh, I can end up getting a lot done and at the same time end up getting a lot of sales so that I can start making up for some of my deficits. So I'm deep in the hole, <laughs> deep in the negatives with no paycheck coming in since June 13th. So I need it, uh, but that doesn't mean that at any cost I will get it. So anyway, I hope you enjoy hearing me walk through my decision and the thought process behind it. I want you to understand it and maybe take a lesson from it. You might have a decision that comes to you today that you can either take the high road, and I'm not saying to do it so that you'll get, you know, be able to say, well, I took the high road and they're just scum if they didn't. It's not even that. It's not the high road versus the low road. It's just being able to live with yourself and being able to live in a way that feels true to your core values and feels true to the person that you and the character that you want to represent to other people. And so that's kind of why I'm putting this out there that, uh, this has come up, and it's a decision I've faced, and it's hard to say no to what could be potentially a significant amount of money. And it's at the same time difficult to um, to take on a situation that you know might cause big ramifications, because at that point in time I would just be waiting for the other shoe to drop and then to be called into the principal's office, so to speak, to um, you know deal with uh, issues that I'm creating. So. I choose to live in goodwill and to put out good good things and good uh, vibes out there to everyone else. And so I am not going to do anything to jeopardize that. And I will uh, let you know how it goes. I just have to trust that I'll be taken care of. That's all I can. That's all I can do with that. You know, it's just it's a dilemma. We're human, and we need what we need. And then the what's in it for me mentality and the instant gratification is something that has always gotten under my skin a little bit. So I don't mind putting in the work, don't mind doing what I need to do. And so I will be there selling my stuff without trying to encroach on anyone else's uh, business. So anyway, let me know what you would have done. Uh, there's probably other ways to look at it too. You know, I, I don't know. There's probably definitely some things I could do, um, whether it's uh, sell bratwurst or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. To do other things that could be, um, you know, 
utilizing the same thing. I just don't know uh, how far out of the realm I want to go um, in order to accommodate two or three days of work. So that's where I am. That's what's going on. That's my business dilemma for the day. Maybe I answered the question right. Maybe I answered the question wrong. I don't know. Time will tell. And all I know is that I have to do what I have to do to live in my truth and to live according to the principles that I uh, try to have guiding my life. And so that's what I'm doing. You might have made a completely different decision, and I don't want you to think you would be wrong or poo-pooed upon for that. I just know in my situation, there is way more at risk for the future, for me personally, than the quick cash I could make over a three-day period. So in my situation, for what I'm dealing with, the answer is don't do it. So when in doubt, don't is what they always used to tell us. So I hope you guys have a good day. I hope you've learned something by hearing me talk and hash through this. And if you have any feedback for me, you can find us on Facebook, Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. Uh, at the same time, you can find us on Twitter at BAM Reporter, B-A-M for Brick and Mortar Reporter. And uh, you can find us at brickandmortarreporter.com. So any of those places you can find us, you can comment, you can send us a tweet, you can send us a Facebook message, you can shoot us an email. All of those places are easily contacted by uh, for us to be in contact with you. So hit me up on any of those. Let me know what you would have done. I'll be interested to see. Some of you might have been able to really come up with the outside-the-box answer that would have also brought in the cash, but not brought on the, uh, you know, the fight. And so I'll be interested to see what you have to say. Thanks so much for taking the time to be interested in what I'm doing and for following me on my journey. You know, I quit my job and moved to Key West, so I'm trying to replace my six-figure income before I lose it all, as they would say in uh, in TV hype uh, speak. So anyway, you guys have a fantastic day. Thanks again so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 